0: Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us for episode two of HR in 15. I'm your host, Eric Fudum, Chief Operating Officer at Prestige PEO. We'll be continuing our discussion on the impacts of COVID-19 on the small and medium-sized business community with a look at the changes employers and employees can expect as they prepare to return to work during and after the pandemic. We are lucky because once again, we are joined by Malcolm Slee, Principal at Groom Law Group, who in our first episode provided a fantastic overview of all the legal and regulatory changes at play and how they might affect small businesses. So if you missed that, Be sure to check it out in the Resource Center at www.PrestigePEO.com. Today, we'll take a look at the logistics around these new laws and regulations. What guidelines should employers follow to ensure the health and safety of their employees? We'll also examine what are some of the best practices and what's the new normal for employers and employees. Thank you for joining us again, Malcolm. Great to have you. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me. It's
0: a pleasure. You bet. Um, we are excited to, for today's episode. Let's begin with what it means. To safely reopen my 1st question, Malcolm is, what are the general guidelines. Employees should follow to ensure the health and safety of their employees.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of them, you know, really just reflect common sense. Um, you want to actively work to. Prevent and reduce the transmission of, uh, COVID 19 among employees, you know, for example. Encouraging sick employees to stay home, you know, not try and tough it out like we, we might have (laughs) asked people to do a a couple of months ago, Uh, perhaps encouraging social distancing in the office when feasible. You really want to be thinking about how you you can maintain your business operations, but also prioritize the health of your employees and customers Um, having a, a thoughtful, practical and flexible sick leave policy making sure telework arrangements are available as a fallback if you need them for employees who might have been exposed and um, need to self-quarantine. And I think also tied into that is making sure you have a healthy work environment uh, that might require evaluating your office ventilation system or performing cleaning and disinfecting on a more regular basis than you used to, um, maybe providing uh, personal protective equipment or hand sanitizer to employees and customers.
0: Really interesting. And, and and clearly there's a lot to think about on this topic. Um, what, with everything you just said, um, what are the best practices though for returning to the workplace now in this new COVID-19 world? What should, what are the, like, the, maybe the top two or three things that should employers think about when they prepare their return to work kind of policies?
1: yeah i mean you know as we talked about on the prior podcast we're really in uncharted territory so i think a lot of businesses are are trying to figure out what the best practices are as we go along um you know one thing i think makes a lot of sense is um if you have the ability to you know perhaps conduct a hazard assessment of the workplace identify what risks might be present or could become present in the workplace um you definitely want to think about what uh, personal protective equipment or PPE might be needed for your workers, whether you need to train individuals regarding how to use PPE. I do think a good place to start, um, and again, we talked about this on the last podcast, is the um, CDC website. They've got some great materials on there uh, providing guidance to businesses that are now reopening, and um, I think that can be a really good starting point for identifying some best practices.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a, a really good idea. Is to hit the CDC website and 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 go from there. I think that's a really good call. Uh, when we talk about a new normal, um, how do ben, how do businesses transition to these new processes and procedures? I mean, after being remote for so long, I mean we're talking probably almost three months of of businesses, you know, most likely working remotely in many cases.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be a, a, definitely a challenge. Um, I personally think gradual reopening makes a lot of sense if that's feasible for your business, because you, you you have to assume there are going to be some bumps in the road. You want to be able to be flexible to make changes if needed. Um, it's certainly taken all of us a, a long time to adjust to the remote work environment, but I think we, we now have to start thinking about the flip side of that, which is there are going to be some employees who are now very comfortable working at home um, and may have a tough time transitioning back to the office environment. Uh, you know, I think another very important thing to keep in mind is your employees needs. Um, for example, we're, we're heading into summer now. Uh, many summer camps are, are shut down or operating at limited capacity. So, for your employees with kids, you know, are they going to have the necessary childcare to come back to the office? There's so many different factors and issues like this. I really think um, flexibility is going to be kind of the, the key word here. Businesses just have to be willing to say, um, okay, you know, we, we tried something. We thought it was the best practice. but It isn't working for our business. You know, what, what do we do that makes sense. For us and our employees,
0: it comes back to that common sense concept, I guess. Right. In, in certain ways. Yep. Uh, one yep, thing I want to just
1: try to figure this
0: out. Yeah, totally. One thing I, I just want to come back to that you mentioned was the concept of employees who refuse to come back to work. What What's, what's the best or the, the easiest guidance you can talk about in terms of that scenario? Because I do think that we see that a lot from our clients. And I was wondering to get your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely become a a common issue. Um, you know, the general rule is that for most employees, you know, they 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 simply can't refuse to come back to work. Um, now, with regard to certain high risk employees, you certainly may have a very legitimate concern about returning to work. It's it's still a, a pretty high standard for them to be able to actually refuse to come to work. Um, some exceptions that might apply from a legal standpoint you might want to think about is the ADA. Um, you know, if the employee does have a disability or condition that would make them uh, susceptible to you know more serious complications from COVID-19, they might request a reasonable accommodation under the ADA. That might include you know continued teleworking. Um, OSHA does have a standard that employees can refuse to come to work if they believe they're in imminent danger. But that obviously uh, seems like a, a a pretty tough standard to meet. Um, you'd have to have you know some, something pretty extraordinary if uh, your employees really thought that your workplace was so infested with COVID-19 that they were in imminent danger. I do think you know a practical approach really makes sense here. Um, hopefully, employers and employees, even employees that might be at greater risk. Can take a common sense approach to working out these type of issues and and reach some sort of accommodation that. that makes sense for all the parties that are involved.
0: I agree 100% what. In particular, though, if an employee has a pre existing or medical condition. What how does that work? They do they have to come back? Do they not? What what's the general guidance there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really gonna come down to whether or not that pre-existing condition qualifies as a disability under the ADA. Um, If it doesn't, I mean, you know, the employee doesn't really have a grounds for saying they're not gonna come back to work. Uh, Once you get into situations where employees have a disability that's covered by the ADA, they've got additional protection. And that's really then whether, you know, you have to evaluate whether there's a reasonable accommodation you could provide them that would allow them to do their job, even if they're not necessarily coming back. And again, you know, telework seems like an obvious solution. Um, in some cases, you may, you know, just have to offer them leave until uh, you know thing, things get a little bit better. Um, but it'll have to be determined on a case-by-case basis.
0: And one one thing that we've received a lot of questions on are treating employees, or in, in, in concept, how do employers treat employees who do have or did have COVID-19?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, hope, I mean, presumably they're they're not getting back in the office unless they've recovered. Um, right. You know, you you certainly don't want any, uh, you know, create any sort of stigma around those those employees. You know, again, there are um, privacy concerns under HIPAA. You know, I mean, it, it sort of goes without saying that. Employers should not be broadcasting um, employees' health conditions to other employees. like. like creates all sorts of problems, <laughs> legal and practical. I would say. Yeah. Um, so you know, the challenge for for employers, I think, is trying to get back to a new normal. I mean, if, if someone has actually had COVID-19 and recovered, um, you know, arguably that sort of throws them into the lowest risk category. Those actually might be the type of employees that you want to bring back, you know, again, if you're doing sort of a gradual reopening, those might be the employees you want to bring back 1st.
0: Of course, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Should there be. Protocols in employers handbooks about. What that looks like when an employee has come. Down with covid 19 and what that means for employees, all that kind of stuff is that is that a fair assessment or something that should be included in a handbook.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that is definitely something you would want to consider um, adding to your, your handbook. I mean, again, you know, I think the the practical solution is obviously if you become aware that a. Employee has uh, covid 19, or, or even, you know, is showing symptoms or, you know, has potentially been exposed to it. You want to encourage them to, you know, go home as quickly as possible. Um, so, I, you know, I. I I think that's a great idea, the idea of updating your handbooks to make sure those types of processes are are effectively uh, reflected in the
0: handbook. Right, that makes, I mean, that, that sounds logical as well in terms of. um, Hiring procedures, what legal considerations should businesses now be considering. um, With in the new world of covid 19, in terms of hiring and what that looks like.
1: Yeah, the, so the EEOC came out with some helpful guidance um, a couple of months ago, because again, you know, I think there's this concern about um, obviously limiting exposure to COVID-19, but also, you know, the potential uh, discrimination issues around treating people differently. Um, but the EEOC made it clear that you, you, it's, it's totally fine to screen job applicants uh, for COVID-19, either the symptoms or make them take an actual viral test. Um, However, what the EOC said was that that had to be done after making a conditional job offer, and would have to be done equally for all uh, entering employees performing the same type of job. So, you know, you can't sort of pick and choose who you would be applying that type of screening to. Um, the, EOC said that the EEOC also said that it's fine to um, withdraw a job offer to someone who's showing COVID-19 uh, symptoms. Um, As long as, you know, if you need someone immediately to fill the position, uh, certainly someone with COVID-19, you know, is not going to be able to actually perform the job. So, EOC said it was fine to withdraw the job offer, Um, but what they said is, in addition to that, is you can't um, postpone hiring a high-risk individual. You know, for example, someone who is pregnant or, uh, you know, elderly, say over age 65. What EEOC said was that you, just because someone is at a greater risk, it doesn't justify uh, postponing a start date or withdrawing a job offer, you know, again, if they're asymptomatic. But, you know, again, there might be a a scenario there where the employer can work out some sort of different accommodation, maybe allowing for telework or, um, you know, talking to the candidate about uh, mutually agreeing to postpone the start date
0: really interesting there seems to be a lot of things to consider in terms of when you're looking to hire new employees or employees in general um when you know under this new world I, I think there's a lot of scenarios that withdrawing a job offer is uh is something that I, I think is is should be done with with a lot of um you know careful you know decision making there right that's always a sensitive one but it's interesting that you can actually do that um Absolutely. shifting over to uh, um, just social distancing requirements, how, how should businesses comply with the term social distancing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a real interesting question. And, again, it's going to depend dramatically upon, you know, how your business, what type of business you're operating and what your office is like. Um, you know, we've heard, uh, you know, some sort of creative thinking on this um one one thing that may work is the idea of having sort of a gradual return to work um where you kind of stagger when your employees uh come back um you know perhaps allow employees to telework in the short term and then you know come back slowly um that's one way it would seem that you would be able to encourage some social distancing in the workplace you know, if you've got employees in cubicles, uh, some businesses are going to be uh, installing plexiglass shields around their cubes. Um, you wanna, might want to have implement uh, flexible work hours so that there's a limit on the number of employees in the office at the same time. Um, and I think there's certainly going to be much less travel uh, unless really essential for business operations because you don't want your employees uh, necessarily getting on airplanes with other folks.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, these are all things that are are mission critical things to consider. Um, Traveling um, is is something that I guess is going to be a a next big issue um, as we reopening plans get. um, You know, more stronger in each state, I would think. Right? Um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Malcolm. Thank you once again for joining us Um, your. Unbelievable knowledge and expertise are providing tremendous value to our listeners and and to myself quite frankly so it's really uh you're you're it's just amazing what you're doing so thank you so much and continue um i would also like to add if you have any questions around anything malcolm discussed today or anything else around the impact of COVID 19 on your business our team is here for you feel free to contact us directly at 888-PEO-PEO1 that is how we roll at Prestige See you next time on HRN15. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit PrestigePEO.com.